craft is getting beat up. How do we define craft? Well, what I can, what I can 100% define for you is independence. Okay. Yeah. You know, Winnie and Evan are the sole owners of this brewery. Welcome back to Tap That AZ. I'm your host, Eric Walters. In this episode, I sit down with Ken Wilson from Lumberyard Brewing Company. We actually met up at Helton on the day that Helton, Dark Sky, and the shop's collaboration, This Side Up, was released. So things got a little bit loud at the end. We had to cut it short, but this is not the end of Ken Wilson. We're going to get him on the show to do a little mini-series one of these days called The Business of Beer or something like that. The guy is super knowledgeable and just want to do a little uh, chat with him periodically to kind of get an inside look at how the beer business and the beer world operates. So if you're liking what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe. That way you'll get all the content as it comes out. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app as well as on YouTube. We got the YouTube channel now. This episode, no video, but great conversation with Ken Wilson. So let's tap into Lumberyard Brewing Company. So, all right, so I'm with Ken Wilson, uh, take two. Um, I did not hit record the first time. It's only happened one other time with uh, okay. James from Craft uh, 64. Oh, okay. Same thing. We just started talking, and it was great. Sure, and, yeah, yeah. James, just, James is an intriguing guy. You know, yeah. like He's captivating. He get, he's a good beer guy to talk with. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you know Stefan uh, Conchola, AZ Beer Jedi. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, yeah, he was there, too. So oh, okay. Just a, so we just got started, and... Once again, forgot to hit record. Sure, yeah. No, we're recording now, which yeah. is good. Uh, but Ken is the sales manager at uh, Lumberyard in Correct. Flagstaff. So, dude, thanks for joining me. His family's here joining as well. Guys, say hi. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice It's nice to have uh, have them included, so thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a nice Saturday morning outing for us. Absolutely, yeah. And weather, great today. Perfect today. Right? It's Yeah, it's... it's we've been waiting for this. Every year... Um, I get to a point around August where I'm like, why did I do this to myself? You know, like, why <laughs> right. does anybody do this? And then days like this happen. You're like, okay, this makes sense. Now we got yeah. six months to enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we're at uh, Helton and we're actually enjoying the collaboration between the shop, uh, Dark Sky and Helton. It is a, what is it? A tart Northeastern IPA. Right. And it's a, it's a blend of the, I think it's the shops Goza and then the, uh, uh, the IPA from, or do I have that flipped? I think it's the From, I think um, it's dark skies dark gyoza, skies, yeah. um, and then I don't know the other pieces to yeah, it. The IPA. Well, what's <laughs> let's, let's just let's cut this down. First of all, the beer tastes really nice, yes. and uh, you know the New England style IPAs are really hot right now, which is cool. So we follow a trend that, that kind of you know customers are looking for. But but what it does and what I see specifically is that you're blending two batches of beer here to make one. Right. And uh, you know what, if you're looking at a a location that has a seven barrel system, three barrel system, you know, how can they have 10 beers up there? How can they have 15 beers? Well, I mean, blending is a vital part of what we do. You know, it provides some really cool stuff and people don't think about it. Right. And, uh, you know, for example, at, at Lumberyard, we have a beer that we call Damber. Uh, sometimes it's called Red Eye, it calls 50-50, but it started as, as the staff blending our red and our IPA. So two okay. gold medal winning beers from GABF were getting blended together to make Damber. Damber, And nice. it, took, uh, it took a little of the malt out of the red and it took a little bit of the hop out of the IPA and it, it's really cool. So. Uh, we started kegging that off to, to sell off to customers. But this is a classic example here at Helton today of, of how we blend beer and, and make yeah. two good beers better, you know, or a right. third style. It's really cool. And it's cool. One of the things I love about the the Arizona craft beer scene is everybody is, like, everybody's there for each other. 
You know what I mean? It's not a matter of like, no, nah, we're not talking to these guys. It's, you know, let's get together. Let's make a beer and, you know, let's help this whole thing grow. Well, I think that's the, the good thing with the guild. There's a lot of communication. Uh, people are introduced to each other through, you know, just the group that we have. I mean, it's and it's it's. You know, we talk about, uh, we were talking about if we upgrade our canning line, I'm in there chatting with Brian that he might be buying a new canning line. It's like, okay, well, if we upgrade ours, he may take ours and we're selling our keg washer right now and yeah. and vice versa and things that go around the community that, you know, once we've outgrown something or once we've decided to move into a, a larger system, well, there's somebody right behind us who's looking to do the same thing. Let's see what we can do to work together. So, yeah, yeah. It's, and, and there's a million reasons to get together. Like yeah. I said, we mentioned Shop Bottle Company. We share a, a wholesaler with them at Hensley Beverage. So we can... You know, we can work with them on collaborations or we can work on events in the marketplace that our wholesaler, who's locally owned as Hensley Beverage, that we can, you know, do things together, mm-hmm. you know, through our wholesale network as well as just at, at our locations. Right, right. So, um, Lumberyard, tell me, because there, there's, there's a whole story behind the Lumberyard. Right. Well, um, to start in 1994, Winnie and Evan Hanseth uh, opened Beaver Street Brewing Company, okay. which is our initial venture, which is still there. Uh, when they opened, there were 700 breweries nationwide, maybe even less than that. And they went to a craft brewers conference down in New Orleans, and there were about, you know, 150 people there. Yeah. And, of course, now wow. it's it's in a huge event. It yeah. takes up the entire conference center in, <laughs> yeah. you know, Philadelphia or Washington, D.C. And they did that for 16 years before they decided to get into distribution. So they basically honed all their skills on restaurant, you know, production before they even thought about doing distribution. So okay. they started looking for a distribution place. Uh, a spot and then they found the old flag lumber building and the city had put it on an rfp and they were going to tear it down if they didn't have someone invest completely to restore the building so uh-huh. when Evan, when the economy was at its very bottom um put three million dollars into the building rescued it uh from being torn down which as you know history when it's gone you can't touch you know it's yeah it's you gone. can't yeah you can you can't bring it to back. recreate it but it's not the same so yeah. anyway um they did that and kind of stayed the course, and now seven years later, we're uh, we're going to produce eight thousand barrels, hopefully out of there this year. Nice. That's the that's the the hope, and uh, you know, re- kind of in my opinion, world class products. And when the building was built in eighteen ninety, J D Halsteads built a series of these lumber buildings along the railroads, but it was a community gathering space. It built out northern Arizona. People would buy supplies here, they would buy wood here, and they would build you know homes and all that sort of thing. Well, now we've we've come back full circle. We're a community gathering place again for students and tourists and and, and people who live in Arizona and people who live in the community. So it's nice that it's it's kind of come around and we can still use it for that. Yeah, well, it's a great spot too. Like, yeah. I mean, the view from that patio is of, uh, what is it San Francisco Peak? Yeah, yeah, uh, Humphreys, yeah, yeah, Mount Humphrey, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and then the train goes by, uh, according to uh, City of Flagstaff, uh, every 12 minutes, I think was the thing. Oh, okay. It, 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 <laughs> and that varies, you know, probably about every 20 minutes, but you know, and they say when the economy is humming, the more that it goes by. So yeah. anyway, it's a uh, it's it's a great place. You sit on the patio. We got the fire like today. We'll have a fire out there. Train will be going by. We just tapped our Oktoberfest. Came off an Oktoberfest event we did last weekend with uh, several other Northern Arizona breweries. We raised twenty thousand dollars for paw placement. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think what we do as local producers is we win on a lot of things. You know, we support. Yeah. The charities in your neighborhood, uh, you know, we, we provide jobs in your neighborhood. We, you know, we, we want to be a part of that community. You yeah. Know? And that's that's really where we're at. I'm really proud of what we're doing there. Yeah. You guys make great beer, too. That well, helps. That's, yeah. That helps, too. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. no, you're very kind. But I think the beers we're making are great. Gene Almquist, who's our our, our head brewer, our, our, our brewmaster, I think I think some of the stuff he makes is, is great. I yeah. Mean, I think he's good enough that, you know, if, if something's wrong in that tank, he can almost Jedi touch it and make a change, yeah. which, I mean, obviously you can't, but he's, if anybody can, he's he's really good. He knows what to do. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, our Imperial Red that we just, I think there might might be one or two kegs left at the brewery. I mean, that 
that beer is as good as it's ever ever been yeah yeah, so, Imperial. But, I don't think I've had the Imperial Red. So, my my gateway beer into craft beer, uh, specifically Arizona craft beer, was um, Railhead Red mm. from Beaver Street. Uh, my my in laws lived up there up until about six months ago, so they're up there for about ten okay. years. Uh, so we would always go to Beaver Street and play pool, and I got the Railhead Red, and it was like, all right, this is what beer is supposed to be about, you right? Know? And, and it was so it, good. Yeah, and that was the number one seller at Beaver Street for years. IPA's kind of overtaken that, but. Yeah, that was the beer that we were really identified with. And that, that was something that, like you talk about a gateway, it was for a lot of people because we, you know, we were the first brewery license in Flagstaff. Just 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 edged out Flag Brew. You know, uh, Jeff yeah. will tell you that too. Which uh, By weeks or so, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah, just briefly. So, it, it um, you know, and it, like I said, it's been there coming up on 25 years now. Yeah, wow. And so. that's crazy. So, um, when I was doing, I can't remember, it was an episode I just did recently. We were all with uh, Rob from uh, North Mountain. Okay, yeah. So did an interview with him, and we were trying to figure out, like, what the oldest brewery was in, in Arizona. Um, and I was pretty sure it was Prescott. Um, Prescott. What did you yeah, say? Yeah. Prescott? Prescott. 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 Oh, yeah, Prescott. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was, like, it was 1994, so it was around right. the same time as... That's crazy. That I, I think, I, you know, Barrio, which General Benz will probably claim to be the, the first, oh, okay. you know, Hops, Hops Bistro, but they're, they're gone. Bandersnatch okay. would have been one of those. Okay. But uh, that's a part, that's a parking structure now. Yeah. Uh, that's gotcha. where when I was going to ASU, we would go to, you know, go over to Bandersnatch all the time. Okay. So that was, our, that was my kind of local brewery in town when I was a kid. Yeah. When a kid, I, I said 21. Yeah. <laughs> LDA, man, legal drinking age. Right. right. Um, but yeah, so I, I think the, the existing would be probably General Benz down in Tucson. Okay. But, I, but I, I mean, we're talking weeks amongst a handful mm-hmm. of breweries that open. But, you know, there was also a stretch where nobody opened in town, too, uh, which kind of gave, gave way to uh, colonists, as I call them, from other yeah. states coming in, oh, from gotcha. Colorado and California, taking space away from us. And that's yeah. something that we, you know, we fight back on now. We're winning on that now. Yeah. But at the same time, the fact that we didn't open a lot of new, you know, the Heltons of the world, the dark skies of the world, they left a space open for other people to occupy. Yeah. And, um, you know, now we're kind of pushing back against that and people are appreciating what we're doing and adding to the community. Yeah. And I think it's grown um, immensely, at least since I moved out here in 2007. Um, I feel like it's like almost tripled. I feel like there was like 30 something at that point. And I, now there's there, were, there were 30 something four years ago. Yeah. That's and right, now yeah. we're 80, I think 80 plus active. Yeah. Yeah. That is, so. that's crazy. Um, look at this. Uh, this guy just brought some um, sliders. Nice, nice. <laughs> wow, nice. <laughs> this is pair nice. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you bringing that out. Yeah, I'll uh, do this more often. That's right. Yeah, we're getting world class service here. We're yeah. gonna try the beer before it's released uh, to the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yeah. always nice to get get behind the curtain before uh, before it opens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, with Beaver Street and Lumber, are they brewing separate? At this they are point? brewing separate. So okay. we've got a ten barrel system, and we'll do about twelve hundred barrels over Beaver Street. They, now we do supplement some of the volume. Okay. With, you know, red and, and IPA. Yeah. But the. the the purest form, the, the business model I really like about Beaver Street is that it's there. There is no packaged beer. There are no kegs. Everything's poured right off the bright tanks. Oh, gotcha. So you know, like the 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 R and R stout, the railroad stout that won gold at GABF two years ago. That's produced there. It comes right off the bright tank. There's no you know every process where you're transferring beer gives a chance for errors to happen or right. things to happen. I mean, it's it's produced, filtered into the bright. Over the bar, yeah. So it comes right. So when you're sitting there at that bar there in in Beaver Street, you're you're literally watching it come right off that bright tank. Yeah. And you'll drain a ten barrel tank just as people sit there and have it. Yeah. 
And you I can mean, tell. Like you oh, can tell yeah. when you're tasting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So and they're starting to do some more stuff. We got reliant on on uh, you know feeding some beers from Lumberyard over there to offset the volume because yeah. it can only produce so much. I mean it it over the course of a year it'll be twelve hundred barrels and that's what it's done for twenty years. Okay. Gotcha. It's just what it does. So right. so we supplement it, but we're able to, to also do some different things over there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 a cool place to do some experimental piece too. Yeah. Is it weird brewing it? Because I'm still learning a lot about the brewing process. But is it is there something unique about brewing in the altitude? Like I've heard that it's, I you know I mean I, the it's if you're packaging and you're sending beers out, you definitely have to allot for that. Okay. Um, yeah. There there are different things you have. To, I mean, just like baking a cake. I mean, we're at seven thousand feet, so it's drastically different. Where we're sitting here today, we're probably about thirteen hundred feet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. there is a difference as you go up up the mountain. As far as the specifics, like I'm not a brewer. I mean, yeah. they could tell you some different things, but. But yeah, there's definitely a difference in in the altitude and the pressure for sure. Yeah, that you have to a lot for when these cans are coming down, or you just explode them all over. Right, that's not good. Right? No, and it's and it's <laughs> happened. You know, it's happened. Not, but not you know, obviously not for us. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So but no, uh, we're we're real good about about checking things. And myself and the brewer. I mean, myself being the sales piece. So he's the last one before it leaves the brewery. I'm the last one before it comes to the retailer. Okay. And so we have to have that conversation. If there's an issue with a beer or something doesn't get carbonated right, it's like look, this beer is good for X amount of time. I can send it, but yeah. I mean, we just don't, we don't take those risks. Okay. But the fact that we communicate every day about that main, main, means that we maintain that quality piece all day long. And we yeah. filter all of our beers. Okay. So we've got a DE filter. And we, you know, to me, I had a guy from Ballast Point tell me one time, he's, man, I just had your IPA at Boulders. It was bright. It was clear. I could smell the, you know, I could smell the hops coming off of it. You know, it was a really nice compliment from somebody who was kind of an industry veteran at that point. Yeah. And you know, I, I like that, you know, his comment was, you can read a newspaper through it. Yeah. And to me, I like a really bright, clear beer. What do you mean by I, that? Oh, okay. That, so, the clarity just, of it. So, yeah. so, I mean, clarity, yeah. like, if it, like uh, we, we, my wife and I went to the Oktoberfest last year, and we were just talking about German beers, and they're filtered, and they're bright, and you, you, you look right through them, and the look in the glass is so nice. Yeah. And I think we achieved that same thing at Lumberyard. Okay. Yeah. You order our IPA, our single hop IPA, any of our beers, even our darker beers. I mean, the Imperial Red being like a ruby, yeah. almost perfect color. You know, you can still tell that there's been care to filter that. That adds shelf life. It adds quality. It enhances flavor. There's a lot of things that I think. Right. But there's also the piece, too, that unfiltered is, is popular, and it's, it's a freshness piece, and yeah. you drink it, and it's good to go. But to me, that's the way beer should be. Yeah. But yeah. that's in my opinion. That's in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there, it's, it's, a, it's a whole, um, like, you know, Van Hagar or, you know, Van Halen, right? You know, right. Uh, whatever, uh, David Lee Roth or uh, Sammy Hagar. Sure. There's two schools of, of opinion on, on I love them both, case. but yeah. it's, it's tough to dispute Van Halen one and two and women and children first, man. Right. I mean, Dave was pretty... <laughs> pretty kick-ass you know and most people i talk to go with dave. i'm with dave too oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah it's, it's completely different but um, but you know i mean and, and you know when I, I lived in london and i worked for scottish and newcastle for two years and, and i sold cask ale and I, and I learned a lot about freshness and the thing that i want to drive home especially about arizona beers i mean these beers you're drinking are fresh obviously this beer just got racked today right right yeah. i mean i can go to a store and i can buy a, a six-month-old import and it'll still taste fine, mm-hmm. but am I really getting that fresh piece? Right. Right. I mean, I walked into a cooler in, in a retailer here in town last week. There's a keg of red ale there. I'm like, that beer is 14 days old. Yeah. Of your it, red it, ale. Of our red ale. Yeah, it yeah. had packaged, it had shipped, it had gone to my wholesaler, it had gone to, the re, you know, gone to retail. Yeah. And someone with, with a beer clean glass got about as good a beer as you can get mm-hmm. outside yeah. of being at our brewery. Right. Right. You know, kept cold, kept in a perfect scenario. Great. But anyway, we come back to the filter piece, you know, the findings and all the, the intricacies of selling cask and how you had to move that beer in a certain amount of time. I mean, that, 
those things are all important to beer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, and that's, that's a big thing for me. That's why when I talk about craft and I talk about local, the whole idea of craft was about local and about freshness. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, yeah. you don't go buy a six-week-old steak. No. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, right, but you'd yeah. go buy a, a three-month-old beer and you wouldn't think twice about that's it. That's right. Or you that's could right. buy a beer from Arizona, yeah. whether it's, you know, shop, lumberyard, you know, Huss, Mother Road, any of those things. You're getting a fresh beer. The yeah. beer's turning over. Right. You know, and, and that's that's only going to continue to roll forward. And it's spoil it's spoiling people, I think, in a good way. I think way. so, in yeah, in the right way, yeah. yeah. And, if, and if, if everybody wants to come and get in my boat about freshness, then I'm here to I'm here to help them out with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But that's a big play for me, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you start to, uh, I think as you um, get people turned on to brewery beer and that fresh beer, you, it's it's hard to go back. Right. It's, you know, I had a, um, I used to be a big fan of Stella. Like that was like, as I call it, a maintenance beer. Sure. Right? You know, just an all day type of thing. But I haven't had a Stella in probably three months. Right. I've been getting crowlers of, of straight from the brewery or straight from a, a, a liquor store that's getting sure. cake fresh. Yeah. And I, I, I tried one last night and I was like, I couldn't finish it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, there's, and there's varying degrees of that. And, yeah. and, it's, and, I'm, and it's interesting you brought that up. And this is a, a, an interesting th- a just thing about beer, right? So if you're living in New York City and you get a Guinness or a Stella, there's a very good chance that you could get that beer in that two to three week window mm-hmm. because it's, it's packaged, it's on the dock, and they're sending, now granted, they're sending mountains of it. Right, right. But you could be getting that beer if you're in New York. Now, if you're in Kansas City or Phoenix, and you roll the dice. Yeah, right. But, you know, there are scenarios where... Yeah, it's big brewing, but technically they're brewing really smart beer, mm-hmm. you know. And and if you're in like Stella, if you're getting beer brewed in Belgium at the source, because provenance matters to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, if your beer at the source coming from that water source, then it, it adds up. And that's the same for us in Flagstaff. It matters that everything we have is coming from there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the old Pilsner Kell thing. That was the first draft handle I ever sold was a Pilsner Kell. Okay, going way back. First ever. First first handle I ever sold Murphy's Irish Pub here in town was yeah. a Pilsner handle. And the beauty of that beer at the time was that everything came from within like 10 miles of the brewery. The water source was under the plant and it was the provenance. So then three years ago when I find out that at the time SAB Miller before everything had happened and and now it's owned by Asahi, you know, it's been kicked around so much, right? Right. But they were brewing all their export beers in Poland. Okay. And that was always what was sad is because it was that, it was that piece that was, uh, uh oh, looks like we got got, some music going on. We got live music going on now. But anyway, we had it to where we could, uh, Anyway, I lost track here. <laughs> I was talking about the provenance of beer, but anyway, <laughs> the provenance well, of those local those local ingredients, right? Right, like, those yeah. things that were there. So, so when I come back, and, and then and how do I bring big beer and tie it into what we're doing? Well, yeah. the fact is, is that beer has provenance and it matters, and beer can be aspirational. So when I look at this today, I mean, we're setting up here today for for a launch party, and you know, people aspire to drink better products, right? Right, and so. If, if I aspire to do something different, it's like I say, well, I read The Economist instead of the USA Today, or I drink my local product instead of drinking, you know, domestic light beer. Right. You know, yeah. it's not, the status doesn't have to be in a watch or a car. It can be as simply as in what I read, what I drink, and what I do that costs me the same money to support that as it costs me to support yeah. a local product. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah. I'm still getting world-class products, right? So right. It, there's always that tough part. You go to the farmer's market and you get that tomato and it's eight bucks. You're like, dang, man, right. or six bucks. Let's call it six. I'm, over, yeah. I'm overreacting. Right. But it's six bucks, but I can go to Safeway and I can buy three of them for 99 cents a piece. Right, right. Right? But yeah. this, I mean, you can go into Safeway right now and you can buy one of my six packs for eight ninety nine. Mm-hmm. 
you know, nine ninety nine every day, but we're prom- not to promote. But, right, right. <laughs> but you know, but if you're there, it's but, a, yeah. but you can, you know, and it can be aspirational because when you come by our brewery, you watch the train go by, you watch the monsoon rain, you're going to watch the fire out there today, you know, or, or it's all these things, and it matters that it comes from Flagstaff. Uh-huh. I wouldn't brew it anywhere else but Flagstaff. Right. Right. Yeah. But that's that's the provenance piece to me about beer. Yeah. And yeah. why it matters that we're from Flagstaff and we're at seven thousand feet, which you brought up, and all those things. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and so, it, and it fits Flagstaff too. Like totally, it's it's. it's I, I love Flagstaff. It's one of my favorite places in the world. Yeah, that's um, great. Thank you. Yeah, and just all the places there. I mean, you go to Mother Road. You can go to your place. You can go to oh, yeah. a Historic's uh, Tap and Bottle. Yeah, Historic's Tap Room's cool. Yeah. Yeah, Dark Sky, uh, Flag Brew. I mean, I, you can just keep naming them. And yeah, they've all and they've all got a good vibe going on. Right. There's a good there's a good piece going on in Flag right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And the food at your guys's place. That's uh, your kids are sitting here chowing down on these. How are they? All right, hold on. I, I didn't have his microphone on because Griffin wants to say something. How is it? All right, They're hit. Awesome. Scale of right. one to ten. Cool. Nine ten. and a half. Nine and a half. Okay, not ten. quite perfect. Ten. Ten. All right. Nice. Okay. All right. Nine and a half and a ten. We'll average at nine point seven five on the uh, what were the Asian beef uh, sliders? I think an Asian beef slider. Yeah. Yeah. They look pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's uh, you know, when I talk about provenance and aspirational pieces, it's it's like, uh, you know, you want to drink Cab from Napa Valley. Yeah. But if you've got a good local Arizona wine, you know, or the guys from Arizona Distilling, there's so many good options you have in Arizona right now. It's right. Unbel- it's, it's really unbelievable. Yeah. And beer especially. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I'm really proud of what we do. And, and I like I try to tell people all the time, it's we support the charities in your neighborhood. And we employ people in your neighborhood. And we, you know, you know, it's like. You know, my, my wife works for a PR firm here in town that her sister works for, and it's locally owned. And, you know, our, our, our head brewer, our, our brewmaster, Gene, his, his wife's, you know, a teacher in Flagstaff. So all these things, you know, we connect in the community in a lot of different ways. Right. Yeah. Where big brewing just simply doesn't. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's great that, that there are some producers that, that do some nice charitable pieces here. But they take the charitable piece back to Fort Collins. They take the charitable piece back to L.A. Yeah. Everything we do here stays here. Right. Because that's where I want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? And I think that's the there's there's a lot of feeling about that. Well, it's a too. respect it's a respect for my customer. If I'm asking you to support me, I need to support you. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't support us, we won't be here. And if you, if we don't support you, then you'll you'll rely on big multinational businesses, and that's we don't want that. Right. Right. But, but that's out of respect for our customers, and that's why we do what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so uh, the beer, right? We're going to talk about the, the beer at Lumberyard, okay. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that sounds good to me whenever we can get to it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, um, we, had, we had to pause a little bit, had to ask him to turn the music down. It was getting kind of crazy in here, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Griffin was dancing. He was, he was doing, it was country music, so you were line dancing, right? No. <laughs> you can elaborate if you want to, but yeah. Right, yeah. So... Um, so the beer, the beer at your guys' place. We were talking about your uh, your brewer before we before we continued on here. So yeah, I mean, I you know, I mean, the Gene's got 16 medals between World Beer Cup, Great American Beer Festival, American Fest. Um, you know, those accolades are super nice. But I think one of the things that's more so to me is is uh, kind of the admiration that I see from his peers out in the in in the in the trade, right? So if okay. I'm at another brewery, there are people that will compliment you know our beers but they, they're always quick to compliment gene on what he does okay um and, and i think that that's a that's a nice thing like amongst peers once that's the the biggest validation you can get right i mean yeah there's 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 not one person well obviously they wouldn't say it to me anyway but mm-hmm. there's no uh 
you know, I, I think, you know, Gene's beers are good. They speak for themselves and the quality of what he's done, whether it's big beers, whether it's aged beers, whether it's, you know, everyday beers that I can sell to a retailer who can sell them for $6 a pint mm-hmm. all day long and get return on them and don't get them sent back. I think that's added value. Oh, yeah. I don't, Absolutely. you know, I, I see... I see some places get a second chance. I, I always look at the fact that we'll never get a second chance to put a beer across the bar. So if I sell you something, it's got to be good. Mm, interesting. Okay. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I'm not going to out of stock you. I'm not going to sell you a beer you can't sell. But I, my goal as a salesperson is to A, make money for my brewery, but I need to make money for the retailer so that the whole ecosystem continues to work around the reef. Right. Right. And that doesn't happen without Gene making top quality beer at the very start. Okay. Yeah. You know, we have we have kind of five core brands, Flagstaff IPA, Railhead Red, Diamond Down Lager, Naughty Pine Pale Ale and Humphreys Hef. Okay. And then we intermix. We do a single hop beer called Bright Angel Single Hop, which has just been great this year. We only do limited batches. We do a 20-barrel batch. Okay. Uh, It's 108 cases, maybe 16 half barrels go out. But we literally, you know, we isolate one hop from start to finish. And, you know, we started with Comet. The last batch was Centennial. And I think the next one we're doing is Mosaic. Okay. And so, you know, that, that's kind of a neat limited release that we do about every other month in the marketplace. And then we follow that up with seasonal beers. Um which is our Imperial Red, our, which is our you know, Big Rapid Red, uh, High Water Double IPA. Uh, we've got our um, uh, November will be our next release on, on a seasonal, okay. which will be our Snowbound Scotch Ale. Okay, gotcha. And, and then we also did Kaibab Kolsch, which is our summer seasonal. Gotcha. So, so we, you know, we're, we're big enough now that the, the flow of the brewery, and people don't really think about the flow of the brewery, it's like, well, just make a brand X. Right. Well, once you throw that in there, I mean, we're still selling cases and we're selling kegs and we got to fill the restaurant. And so the, it's the flow of the brewery that, that people don't understand sometimes. And I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm just right. saying it's, it's, it's tough to just magically make things appear out of air. Right. You know, now on Beaver Street, where we've got a 10-barrel system, it's easier to do that because the tank's going to empty and move on. Oh, I see what you're saying. So yeah, if I have yeah. 20 kegs, basically, that's going to go out the door yep. relatively quick. If we do a release or something like that or, you know, promote something, it'll go pretty quick, and then we can move on to the next thing. Yeah. But when you're a production brewer, you always have to count on that 80-barrel fermenter is going to be Hef, that 80-barrel fermenter is going to be IPA, that 80-barrel fermenter is going to be Red, Yeah. you know, that 80-barrel fermenter is going to be Diamond Down Lager, and Hef takes 9 to 10 days, IPA takes 3 weeks. Lager takes 24 to 25 days. So whatever takes up tank space in that rotation now becomes a bit of a, how do we manage that? Yeah. And that goes back to communication with myself and our brewer. Okay. Because yeah. that's that's essential. Yeah. Because if I make commitments out here that we can't cover, yeah. you know, it's it's I have to understand that flow. Right. And then in turn, I communicate that to my retailers. I communicate that. I'll never let you down on IP. I'll never let you down on these five styles because they're always cooking. Yeah. But when a tank opens up, we have a 30-barrel tank that we do just for specialty. That opened up, and we're like, all right, well, let's throw another single hop in there. Yeah. So that way we'll have a single hop for late October. Yeah. And that beer will take four weeks. By the time we rack it and get it out, it'll take four weeks. Okay. Gotcha. But everything takes a little bit less time. Now, if, you know, our, our most expensive beer is our single hop citra beer. Okay. Like, I think we maybe broke even on that. Really? And we talk about real dollars, right? <laughs> right, right. Where, like, if everything could be hef, there's almost no hop investment. There's almost no tank time. Yeah. The beer comes out crisp, fresh, super great to drink. Yeah. But it, it takes almost no time to produce. It ferments, it turns, it's quick. Yeah. So if everything could be that's that, that's where your profitability piece is too, right? So, yeah. But I can't, I can't come out and demand more for IPA than I can for hef. Yeah, right. I just, it, that's, just the, that's just the landscape that's set. 
by bigger brewing, by other brewers in the marketplace, yeah. that that value, that intrinsic value is this, but there is a difference in how much that goes around. Yeah. You it's know. interesting. That, that You don't think about any of that. So I've, no. I've never thought about that. No. So I'll just make and that, beer, send it out. And that's it. the balance, too, is that, I, that I, I am going to charge a little bit more for that hef and put it in line with my IPA to offset the cost of my IPA. Mm-hmm. But when we do something like Citra that is, you know, for a, you know, $20 a bag instead of $11 a bag, then yeah. that whole change... And I know, like, for example, we brought up McFade earlier. When they do their candy bar milk stout, I know that some of the, the you know, that some of the chocolate pieces they use that are super pure and super kick-ass, like chalaca and some of that stuff that's like real cocoa. Yeah. Cacao. Cacao. <laughs> I mean, that costs them a lot of money to make that beer. I know that. Yeah. You know, so um, it, it's an appreciation of what those things are. Yeah. That come back to where, like, okay, let's go to Big Brewing. Let's talk about, you know, Miller Coors. Let's talk about Stella, you know, being... 500 barrel batches at a time yeah and and i'm not i mean the fact that they push that out consistently that i can drink a stella in london i can drink it in new york city phoenix tokyo japan and get almost the same result every time you and i can sit there and go on a i mean it there's you know i tip my hat to them makes it impressive that when you think about it from that perspective absolutely yeah but the other piece is that they don't have that same relationship that i have with my customers Mm -hmm. right yeah, and they've you been know. doing it for what, like six hundred years or something, right? Like right crazy, right? Well, like I told you, it's, it's, it's respect yeah. I have for my customers and and a, and a loyalty that I have to my customers to make sure that we don't send a bad batch of beer down that that gets dumped if it happens, right? Which never happens, right? Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. but, but you know what I'm saying, like, but so uh, you know, I owe that to our customers. I owe that to my wholesaler. And I owe that to my community. Yeah. Because a lot of times I'll come in and I'll be like, okay, if if local matters, then okay, fine. But that 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 gets beat to death. Mm-hmm. Craft is getting beat up. How do we define craft? Well, I can what I can 100% define for you is independence. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, Winnie and Evan are the sole owners of this brewery. Yeah. They employ nearly 300 people across two breweries and two restaurants. Wow. So I can clearly define independence, regardless of how people want to define craft. I can yeah. define what we are. Right. Very clearly. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And uh, so, and we're going to get into that. Ken and I are going to do a little mini series, the business of beer. So I'm, I'm, I can't wait to dive dive into that. Yeah. No, that's great. Man. Yeah. That's great. So anyway, yeah. I'm, you know, please uh, direct me in the right direction if we get off here. But <laughs> no, we're doing great. But I, but I, like I said, I, I owe that to my wholesaler, our customers, everybody else. I, I, you know, I have a lot of respect for them because you know, it's just like the old Southwest flight. You know, you know, we know you have options when you choose. Right. And a lot of times, you know, um, brewer, uh, you know, people are on a treasure hunt, right? So you might come down here and try a great beer from Helton today, but then you might go to the store and buy a mix six. You yeah. might have a beer from Lumberyard, Hus, you know. Uh, you know, Barrio, you could throw in brand X, Y, and Z. Right, right. So it's not that loyalty like where my dad was like on the front of that Miller Lite revolution, right? The cut-off shorts, no shirt. Uh, <laughs> you know, where the, the pocket was hanging below the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 76 Econoline rocking the Miller Lite, yeah. you know. He was on the front end of that, you know. Yeah. That was that was, that was was kind of a badge for a long time. Where, like my grandfather drank High Life. Yeah. You know, now that customer's a little more promiscuous. Right. And so we have to work a little harder to keep them. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, food... At Lumberyard, have you had the food there, Griffin? Have you had the food at Lumberyard? Yeah. What, your, what, do you, what do you think your favorite is? Yeah. What's your favorite? You have a favorite? Uh, the sliders. The sliders? Uh, yeah. You want to talk about the pudding? Oh yeah, and the banana pudding. You got banana. <laughs> His eyes just lit up. Like yeah. That's that's a big winner. That's I, good. That's something I could probably do more often for my customers. Instead of bringing samples in, I probably just need to fill my sample cooler with like twenty, you know, mason jars of. Of pudding and right. take it around to people. <laughs> right. I've never had the pudding up there. I've oh, it's great. That I, the chili and the pudding. That's what people hit me up for all the time. And the yeah. Irish egg rolls. The Irish egg rolls are big too. Irish egg rolls. What is that? Uh, it's 
it's corned beef and cabbage in a in a like a spring roll type scenario. Oh, uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Or like an egg roll, like an egg roll. Yeah. <laughs> Not a spring roll, an egg roll, an egg roll. That would make sense. Yeah. Then, sorry about that. Genius yeah. marketing on the naming of that one. We're sure. really working on it. Yeah. Yeah. We throw an Irish flag in with every uh, tenth order. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I had the um, the mac and cheese with pulled pork. That like ah, oh, it blew me away. It blew me. Oh on. yeah. Mark is here for uh, what do we got here, Mark? Dylan, how you doing? Yeah. Two of my guys from the shop just rolled up here Look on me. Look at these guys. I love these guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's going to get a little crazy in here, I think. Yeah, I think we're going to get busy. Yeah, I think so. So uh, well, well, let's let's wrap up this one. Um, so, okay. Uh, do you guys have plans to expand in Phoenix? Pardon me? Any any plans to expand in the Phoenix? Not yet. I'd love to I'd love to have a tasting room down here. I've got locations that I'd like to do. Um, you know, we looked at Sedona. We've looked at other places where it would work. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, but we're always looking to do something different. You know, we continue to invest in quality. A new keg washer, Pactech machine, a van. We're going to update our glycol system. We're going to do stuff that that's smart, that only affects what we're sending out to people on the trade. Okay. It's only going to enhance the beer and make sure that it never, you know, that, that we don't go down and you're out of stock on anything. So that's right. what really where we're at. Okay. You know, we're not going to expand to twenty thousand barrels, but we might expand barrelage one or two thousand. Yeah. And make sure it's all focused on quality. So okay. you may not think of glycol as being a quality investment, right? But it also means that it never goes down. Uh, so anyway, but yeah, so that's what we're going to keep doing, man. Keep working hard. Yeah. Nice, man. Well, if you guys, uh, I mean, you can get your beer many places out here. Yeah. Well, we're trying. Eric, yeah. thanks for having us down, man. I really yeah. appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. If you're liking it, do us a big favor. Spread the word. Tell a friend. Rating and review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you like. Do that. Subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and help us spread the word, get Arizona beer on the map. Got some pretty exciting stuff coming up. We got a bonus episode coming out this week. Did some really cool stuff over this past weekend. Interviews hit up the Helton Beer School 4.0. That was a really good time, but stay tuned. Coming up next, we got something pretty cool in the next couple of days. So always remember, stay awesome.